Welcome to Soul Forum. We're delighted to have you here for this series we're calling Soul Body. Each conversation in this second season takes us deeper into the experience of our own bodies, the collective body, the earth body, and even the cosmic body, as we explore the way soul finds expression in our time. We hope what you discover along the way helps you journey a little deeper into your own soul body. In this second episode, with the focus on our conversation we had with Jen, I kind of explore the way her insights guide us into the process of going forward by the process of actually just letting go. So let's go, and welcome to Soul Forum. How does your body help you participate in your own search for soul? And today we want to pick up a little bit on the theme that Jen brought up uh, two weeks ago now, and that is this idea of finding a way in which your body can guide you into a state that allows you to kind of let go of all the clutter and all the kind of the craziness that's going on in your own mind or inside your body somehow to let it go and to just be present for whatever you're doing. And for her, she was able to discover that through um, being active, right? That certain activities allow our bodies to fully show up. And many athletes experience this as well, right? They find themselves in this kind of flow state that allows everything else to disappear and the only thing present for them is the very thing they're doing, right? And when they arrive at that state, they're fully showing up for tennis or basketball or backpacking or whatever it happens to be. And the more we talk to people, we found that they are able to kind of access that sort of flow space, not just through athletics or sports with their body, but even meditation or yoga or other techniques that allow you to be fully present. And many people find that that state of being, not the state of doing, but that state of being is a foundational place that allows them to try to tap into their, what they might say is their authentic self or their true self or their whole self. And that that might be an indicator of how uh, we can find our way more fully and be more engaged in our idea of what soul means for all of us. So that's what we want to explore a little bit today. And I'll take you uh, through some of the insights that Jen provided uh, for that and also some of uh, my own reflections and then a link today uh, to some of the philosophical perspective of both Buddhism and particularly Zen Buddhism and uh, Taoism. Uh, quoting the uh, Tao Te Ching today, the way of life um, that is birthed out of uh, that tradition. So, settle in and let's uh, go for a ride and see uh, what we can discover together today. One of the wonderful things that we learned along the way through all of our interviews is this, um, this real notion that many people that we talk to, and maybe you're included in this, right, have no longer constructed their idea of their soul or their spiritual self in a particular silo, right? They don't just pick one thing, one way, one denomination, one religious perspective and just stick with that. Rather, there's a much more aggressive and I would say exciting perspective uh, that we're running into that people really try to bring together uh, more diverse ways of thinking about how they might craft their own spiritual journey. Many talk about learning from the Eastern traditions as well as Western traditions. Some will talk about using their right brain and their left brain at the same time. How do they allow kind of their, the depth of their intuition or that kind of 
uh, the woo-woo side of that one part of your brain, right, that you don't always pay attention to because you got so much work you got to get done. How do you incorporate that into your own spiritual journey? Uh, others have thought about how I do this with not just my head, but with my body. Others have included the earth body and the cosmic body in that process. So there is, I think, a really healthy uh, way in which people are diversifying to somehow seek a connection to their own soul that encompasses the full experience of what it means to be, you know, human. What it means to be um, part of a planet that is comprised of many cultures and perspectives and, perspe and uh, insights. And maybe even part of a larger body, you know, the cosmic body that holds us. How do we integrate spirituality into our relationship with the biosphere and the cosmos as well? All of that is going on so that people are seeking uh, diverse ways in which they might uh, find their way into soul. So Jen's notion of that kind of athletic capacity of connecting to what she calls this flow space is this, this moment when your physiology because of the way in which it's engaged in whatever activity you're in. And we have some scouts here today, so maybe it's when you're backpacking and you've been hiking up a mountain and all you can think about is that next step, right? And everything else, like all your homework and your friends and your parents and you, you know, everything softens and you're just like one foot in front of another. That would be that kind of feeling of a flow state where you're really showing up for the experience because your body found its way to that experience uh, through your relationship with the natural world or maybe just exhaustion or whatever it happens to be, you find yourself in this flow state. And it hit me in that flow state that it's really um, almost like a unintentional letting go, right? That your body, because it knows how to focus and show up for something so fully, it has this capacity to kind of let other things drop away. And in many traditions, there is this idea that part of the spiritual path is not um, constructing an ideology or an idea, but part of the spiritual path, and part of your spiritual path maybe, is simply this capacity to let stuff go. Right? Kind of just release stuff. And you can hear it in, in uh, Zen Buddhism, this idea of non-attachment, how we try not to attach ourselves to all of the, uh, of the stuff of the world, right? This kind of keeping yourself from getting consumed by all of the uh, material world that you have to engage. How do you allow yourself to detach or practice detachment from that? Taoism, too, has a beautiful way of constructing um, that idea, too. And it's sort of the pathway of letting go. And so let me just read a little snippet from, this is from the Tao Te Ching, uh, which means the way of life, uh, this is Lao Tzu, and this little poem is a great way of remembering why letting go might actually be the way in which you find your rest, or your resting place in your authentic self, or your true self. Here's what he writes. The student learns by this daily increment that the way is gained by daily loss. Loss upon loss upon loss until at last 
comes this rest. It is by letting go that it all gets done. The world itself is won by those who master this capacity to simply let go. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I have to admit, as it calms me down reading that stuff because um, I don't know about you, but I've constructed most of my life not by letting go of stuff, but by mastering stuff, right? By figuring things out and engaging them at this level. So this idea that you, there is a pathway to your own spiritual practice or your own sense of soul that is just letting stuff go uh, is, is actually a kind of a beautiful thing. It's almost like the thing you're seeking is already there. And you just have to let all this other stuff go, and then it shows up for you, right? You're, you rest inside of it. And I think you see that a lot in Eastern traditions. You also see it in some Western traditions as well. Why, why is letting go you know, so important? Why should you even do it? Um, well, if you think about it, you know, your world and your worldview is, um, and your, I would say, our collectively constructed worldview is a full-on smothering plate of stuff that we have to master, right? We have to master uh, education. Uh, we have to master managing our own bodies and getting food and being secure and housing and relationships. There's just a lot of stuff that we need to master. And, and sometimes we can live under the illusion that the real secret to life is mastery of all the stuff. And I want to pick up on that later, but that can be the kind of trick that the social constructs or your own self-expectations or all the stuff that you tend to attach to uh, can do for you. It can trick you into thinking that it is the thing itself. But the spiritual path reminds you that it's not. That, yeah, you're going to have to master stuff, but it doesn't have to be your master, right? It doesn't have to work the other way. So how can you find ways that it doesn't take over your life? One of those pathways is this idea of letting go. We heard this again and again in our conversations with people, including Jen, this idea of searching for kind of a grounded self, a true self that's not defined by all of life's circumstances, all of life's challenges or troubles, uh, to find my, um, um, my, my most inner or authentic self is what some people use that kind of language, uh, to get rid of what um, Jen would call your monkey mind, which I, I don't want to offend any monkeys, but that idea of that kind of chatter mind that you can have, uh, that how do you allow that to soften so you can kind of be present for self in a different way or present for others in a different way or even present for world? I had a friend this year who's trying to make a transition in her life and we went on a hike together the other day around the reservoir and she said, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm going to start letting all my stuff go. I've got so much clutter in my life, in my garage, in my kitchen, in my office space that I'm just smothered. I can't even find myself anymore. So her job is to literally just let stuff go. That too is another approach, right? Sometimes it's, it's worth just getting rid of the thing and seeing what the freedom of that experience might invite you into. How do we find our way by just letting stuff go?
You can even see it in the Christian tradition, uh, Jesus too. There's some language and metaphors in the in the kind of the teaching work of Jesus around, you know, if you're trying to find the way, one way is to sort of deny yourself, you know, to to not always think about putting yourself at the center, but somehow even letting go of your idea of what yourself is supposed to be can be a path. And he too was really good about seeing the kind of the cultural norms that were oppressing people and saying, you don't have to live uh, imprisoned by the construct of those social norms. And so Jesus would cross over borders that other people wouldn't cross because they were taboo or um, not culturally appropriate. And he would move between those borders, talking to women or children or touching those who were outcast and engaging them so that they might find healing. You can really see that he was playing around with the idea of not allowing the kind of social constructs of his time to frame his experience of life and was completely happy uh, to let go of them, just simply give them up so that he could find maybe his own true self. Who knows what he found in those moments? Who knows what you might find in those moments? For Jen, who works with people's bodies every day, she would maybe say that the body, the body itself, knows home. Or at least the body knows that home state, right? That, that feeling of when you are truly showing up for life in, in the most focused and present way. That your body actually knows that and, and actually knows how to get you there, right? If you'll pay attention to it, if you'll listen to your body, if you're tuned to your body, and if you're tuned to how your body is engaging the world. And so part of Jen's practice is to allow people to find their way into that state, that state of being. And what's interesting to me is that it's a state of being that's not attached necessarily to the doing, but it's just being itself, right? It's how, how you show up in the world. In fact, you might even think about religion in general as just how do you show up, right? How are you showing up? in your daily life, for yourself, for others, for the planet. And being present for that could require this skill set of capacity to let go. But what might that look like uh, for you? Jen says that that experience itself for her has been like revelatory because as she's experienced it, it feels almost like uh, transcendence. Not, not necessarily that you've risen above all the clutter, but you've almost just allowed it to drop away or to just stay in its place, right? It doesn't have to smother you. It, it will be there when you get back. But being present for um, an athletics experience or a night hike or out in nature or on the yoga mat or in meditation is the grounding place that you use to then engage world again. And if you've got no access to that grounding place, then you're just uh, full of distraction. So how can you find your way to that place? And hopefully uh, you who are paying attention to this, whether you be online this morning or in Soul Forum, the podcast, 
And you should think about that. You know, how are you finding your way into this capacity to kind of let stuff, just let that stuff go? Let me give you just a couple of examples today. Um, one kind of social construct example of letting go that I think is so beautiful. And then one personal story as well. And then a final warning. We'll, we'll end with a warning so that you, uh, <laughs> you can pay attention to uh, what might be problematic along the way. One of the uh, constructs that I think has, what would you call it? Like we've sort of collectively decided that we're going to let go of it and move into new territory is something that we celebrated as a community here last week, and that was our own Pride Sunday. And this morning we have a celebration for our children called OSLC Kids Pride when they're going to explore, you know, how they are um, created or becoming as unique individuals. And one of, the, one of the objectives in this celebration is to also acknowledge that, that spirit or wonder or mystery or God or however you want to define that manifests itself in everybody. Right? Everybody has this capacity to experience this sense of soul. And by everybody, we mean no matter where that body falls on the um, scale of sexual orientation or gender identity, and that that has been a cultural construct that we begin to let go of that's provided an opportunity for people to truly find their authentic self. And in fact, it's a little bit more complicated now than it used to be, but it is this kind of broad opening to be who you truly are to be, right? And that's the beautiful thing about it. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, it was basically, uh, it was a polarized situation. You're either a boy or a girl, right? And you sort of had to build yourself based on those two categories. And that was fine, but think about how constrained that is to just think about two categories that the entire planet has to sort of conform to. Even if you think about Noah and the ark, right? That old story, that, uh, that illusion that Noah had to gather all the animals and he had to find a male and a female, right? And get them on board the ark for the future to be possible. Well, it turns out that there's way more diversity and variety in the way in which we show up in our sexual orientation and our gender identity. And to be able to embrace that beauty of that broad spectrum is something that we've been able to do culturally that I think can ultimately guide us into a deeper sense of who we are. To me, that's one beautiful example among many that the cultures are able to do when you're finally able to see, you know what, we don't have to silo everybody into these rigid categories. We need to celebrate everybody as they are striving to find their authentic self. And how does that manifest in our language in our cultural constructs, in our, the way in which we perceive each other and acknowledge each other. So now there's things like gender fluidity or gender nonconforming or gender role breakdowns that we've seen that have been changing and changing in beautiful and diverse ways. That's one, I think, example of how letting go of things collectively can open up a new possibilities of who you might be or become. All of us have these opportunities, I think, to find ourselves in those spaces that allow us 
to be in touch with sort of our deepest sense of ourself. And it happened to me just the other day, and it kind of caught me off guard. And I just want to share the story with you because it's a because um, it's still kind of buzzing in my body. I it was early morning. It was like 6 a.m. and uh, I. Those of you who know me, I used to drive an old Volkswagen bus. Remember the old Volkswagen bus? And then I shipped that bus to Vermont, so it lives in Vermont. So I don't have a car out here, so I bought a little scooter. And so that scooter is great, but I can't haul a lot of stuff on it, and it's really nasty when it's cold in the morning. So I told my wife, I said, Honey, uh, I'm going to go down and run some errands and do some work, some project work at church. When do you need the car? And she said, well, I need it back here by 7.30 because i got to go and get to an appointment. I went, all right. So I, I jump out of bed like the firefighters, and I get in the car, and I get down to work, and I'm working all these projects, and I'm scrambling to get every done, everything done so I can quickly get the car home by 7.30. So I am super driven by attachment to projects. And, um, and I'm on my way home, and literally my heart is pounding because <laughs> I'm so anxious and and super excited that I'm gonna actually get home on time. And as I'm racing back home, there's this one turn where um, I get just a little glimpse of Mount Diablo, this beautiful mountain in our community. And it's early morning, right? So the sun is starting to come up. But as I'm driving, I'm like racing to get home. And it just so happened that as I'm driving, this mouse ran across the road and caught my attention. And I had to swerve real quick to avoid avoid the mouse, and then all of a sudden the news was on, so I was listening to that, they were talking about the whole problem with the Ukraine, and, um, and, and I could just tell, I was super tense, and I turned this corner, and the, the clouds and the sun and the beauty of Mount Diablo like just exploded inside of me. And for the briefest second as I, as I waited to turn right, I just stared at this mountain, and, and physiologically, and physically, I felt my heart calm down, right? and I felt myself invited by the mountain just to take a breath, for crying out loud, and to just show up for that moment in a different way. And everything, all the craziness of that morning was lost to me, and I knew that that is my, that is my, well, I don't want to call it my deepest self, but that is my most grounded self in those moments. And that finding my way into those sometimes lets, means letting go, letting go of all the clutter, letting go of all the anxiety, all the expectation, and just showing up. That's the spiritual moment that we're talking about. How do you find your way into those moments? The Taoist would say, well, figure out how to let go. Zen Buddhism might say, practice non-attachment. Jesus might say, practice crossing over barriers that you think are uh, maybe too solid and that are too rigid and maybe are controlling you. Uh, whatever it happens to be, uh, Jen might say, get your body into a flow state. Find ways to arrive there and allow that to be a foundational place for your own spiritual journey. Okay, finally, the warning. We have a couple more minutes. Uh, what's the warning? I, I think there's a super big uh, danger for many of us, and that is that 
because we have to navigate so much stuff in life, and I'm the same way, so you've got to navigate a lot of stuff. And because we live in a Western world, we, our stuff is like thick. You know, I remember when I was in Guatemala once, you know, I'd go to the marketplace and there'd be fruit and stuff and that kind of stuff. You kind of get used to this sort of sparse access to produce uh, where I was. And then you come home to America and you walk the grocery aisle or let alone go to Costco. And it's like walls, mountains upon mountains of stuff, you know, just calling to you. So we, we know that life can be like that. The problem is sometimes when we think that our real job in life is mastery of stuff, it turns into the thing, the most important thing for us. And when it, when it turns into the most important thing, when all of our doing becomes the most important thing and not our being, then we somehow use all of even our religious capital to master stuff management. And that's where it can get so dangerous, right? We're using the best gifts that humanity has about really being truly present for world to manage all that stuff. And you can hear it in people's prayer lives, right? Where they praying about stuff. I used to do that when I was in, when I was young, I wasn't really good uh, in school. I would pray before every test, right? Just get me a D. You know, get, get me to get through this thing. I have no idea what that, just save me from this test. I would use it to try to manage all my stuff. As I've grown older and had discussions with other people, I realized that's not a good use of your own religious practices. Use, use your spiritual practices to find your way to your deepest authentic self and then see where that authentic self can kind of guide you along the journey into your sense of soul. As I've grown older, and maybe you've experienced this too, I've even found that kind of clinging to certainty, uh, when I let go of that, and I don't have to worry about being right or being certain or thinking I gotta master the absolutes, even that, allows me to just let go of stuff and really show up in a different way. The, the world is open to possibility through this pathway. It's a beautiful one to integrate into your own soul's journey. Or as Lao Tzu puts it in the Dei De Ching, the student, they learn by daily increment that the way is gained by this daily loss loss upon loss upon loss until at last comes rest for by letting go it all gets done the world in fact is won by those who learn how to let it go thanks for jumping into soul forum we Hope that every episode really opens up some kind of new window for you to explore your own connection to soul and body. In the next episode, April sits down with Jen to have a kind of a conversation about the way her own unfolding life story brought her to such insights as she seeks the wonder of living into that flow state, that flow state that invites her to be fully present. Join us, won't you?
This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook, where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.